Turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 this morning. Uh, one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. One of my favorite as we end up our expectation series uh, this morning. But our theme runs throughout the entire year uh, here in 2017. Expectation 2017. Your expectation will determine your outcomes. Your outcomes are determined by your expectation with God. I pray that you have high expectation. If you don't have a sermon study guide and you'd like to follow along, just lift up your hand and an usher will get one to you. We do a fill in the blank around here. If you'd like to have my notes, that's what the study guide is all about. A Michigan businessman had the joyous experience in the wintertime to... Do business down in the state of Florida. And just before he left, he got a brand new phone. He switched from a droid to an iPhone, the poor guy. And uh, he was trying to figure it out when he got down there. And he thought, I need to send my wife a, a quick email and let her know I arrived safely. He hadn't loaded his phone yet with all of his contact information. He typed in his wife's email address. He mistyped it. And the email ended up going to another woman, a pastor's wife, who had just sadly buried her husband that very day. Her and her family were at the wake uh, after the funeral, uh, enjoying refreshments. They saw mother receive the email. She uh, read the email, and as soon as she read it, her eyes got wide, and she passed out. The kids ran over, grabbed up, picked up the email, and this is what it read. Honey, arrive safely, but sure is hot down here. <laughs> sure is hot down here. Hey, have you received any bad news this year already? Huh? Have you been on the end of a short stick already? this new year of 2017. When you read 2 Chronicles chapter 20, you got to know that it starts off with bad news. Bad news. Some this morning have gotten bad news from a doctor. Some have gotten bad news from a lawyer. Some have gotten a bad news from the collection agency. I want you to know God is in charge this morning. And God it was in charge in 2 Chronicles 20. And you need to see how this unfolds. How did Jehoshaphat, what was his first reaction when he received the bad news? 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. What was the news? Three invading armies were moving in. It would be like Russia, China, and North Korea uniting together against our nation. They were invading his tiny nation of Judah. It was an impossible situation. It meant destruction, annihilation. It meant death. Humanly speaking, there was no way out. Humanly speaking, Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. But one thing Jehoshaphat did know was the faithfulness of his God. Verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat prays, We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. Now here's the expectation. But our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. This morning, my dear Lakeside family, are your eyes upon the Lord? <laughs> you don't know what to do. What should you do when you don't know what to do? Put your eyes on him. <laughs> Our eyes are on you. Do you see his expectation faith here? Jehoshaphat's basically saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know when you're going to do it. But God, I know that somehow, some way, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. This chapter 
unlike any other chapter in the Bible, reveals the power principles of expectation prayer. I began this thought last week on expectation prayer. We finish it this morning. Let's discover how to pray a new form, a new dimension in praying. Let's discover how to pray next level praying, expectation praying. I want to share the principles from this chapter, chapter 20. This morning, expectation 2017, part two, the prayer of expectation. Amen. If you want, if you want to be a prayer warrior, if you want to learn how to pray the prayer of expectation, if you want to move up in your prayer power, then join me in prayer right now and lift up your hand. Join me in prayer right now and lift up your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, see the candidates that are here this morning that, Lord, want to be stretched. Uh, they want to grow up and mature. They want to move into a new dimension, a prayer power that invades the impossible, the prayer of expectation. Help us, O Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together, which is circle that word together, to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Also circle the word fast. Those are two key thoughts. Confronted with the impossible, Jehoshaphat's first reaction was not to rely on their gold, not to rely on their guns, but to rely upon their God who will not and cannot fail us. Do you see that there? They came together and they persevered in fasting and prayer before the Lord. Write it down with me this morning if you want to take notes. The prayer of expectation is often best realized and released by coming together with God's people in persevering prayer. That's what we did this past week. Many of you, as I'm looking at your faces right now, you were part of the week of prayer. Some of you came out every night. We witnessed the greatest attendance to our week of prayer ever in Lakeside's history. It was awesome. And look at on all the names and all the faces on the cross of intercession. We have posted our prayer people needs. These are all unsaved, unbelieving, non-Christian, but we're going to call them pre-Christians because uh, they're going to be saved. They're going to be born again. We're going to expect it. We're going to believe it and receive it. We've been coming together to pray for this. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 18. Jesus said again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, I like this, there am I with them. Hallelujah. Do you see that? God responds in a unique way when we come together as a people a prayer as we come together in faith agreement as we partnership in prayer together listen if you want to do some charcoaling this summer oh can you already smell it can you already taste the barbecue glory to god i'm getting you hungry aren't i if you're using if you're using uh, charcoal uh, uh, coals, uh, if you want a strong fire, if you want uh, a hot fire, do you separate the coals or do you bring them together? You bring them together. <laughs> if you want to see God make a way where there seems to be no way, bring the people of God together. Bring the people of faith together. If you're confronting a problem. Get with somebody and partnership in faith and watch the miracle come. You need to get with somebody else in a partnership of faith and agree together in the name of Jesus because God delights when his people are praying together at the same time for the same need. He is harmonious with this because it reflects unity in the Holy Trinity. As God is one, he delights when his body, the body of Christ, is one. Do you hear me in this? 
When you're invaded, when you're attacked, one of your first reactions should be find somebody that knows how to pray and get with them to agree with you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Prayers of expectation. Prayers of expectation. 1952. Florence Chadwick. Most of you don't recognize that name. She was the first person to ever dare to swim from Southern California to Catalina Island. I believe it's about 26 miles. For 15 hours, she was laboring in the water. Her mother was in a boat cheering her on, going alongside. Then a dense fog settled in. Florence couldn't see in front of her. Florence despaired. Florence, after 15 hours, gave up, dropped out, quit. Despite her mother cheering her on and saying, you're so close, you're so close, don't quit, don't quit. She quit. Only to realize and find out later, she was only a half a mile away from the island. And she would have broke a world record. Later she was reported to say, if it wasn't for the fog, if it wasn't for the fog, if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. Some of us, some of us, our lives, our spirits, uh, our hearts, our attitudes have been diffused with a fog from the enemy. A fog of doubt, a fog of despair, a fog of disillusionment, discouragement, disappointment, defeat. Uh, the enemy doesn't want you to see the shore. Expectation is knowing that deep down in your knower, knowing that you know that you know, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Against that day, I'm going to keep running the race. I'm going to keep fighting the fight. I'm going to keep the faith. Hallelujah. Here I stand. God is looking for that kind of expectation faith. When you bring that into your prayer time, that's called prevailing prayer, persistent prayer, persevering prayer. It's prayer that just won't give up. I said it's prayer that just won't give up. This is the prayer that Jesus taught. Expectation prayer is what Jesus taught in Luke chapter 18. Jesus said, keep praying until the answer comes. Paul the apostle said, Pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5. Hold the line. Hold the line. Don't give up. That's what the heroes of the faith did. That's what Jacob did as he wrestled with God. Remember what Jacob said? I will not let thee go until you bless me. Daniel prayed for 21 days until the answer came through the angel. Do you remember what the angel said? The angel said to Daniel, after 21 days of praying, the angel said to Daniel, God heard you the moment you opened your mouth. God answered your prayer. But it has taken me these 21 days to fight through to fight through the satanic realm, to fight demons, demonic princes, and bring you the answer. Many times when our prayer answer is delayed, it's because we need to realize there's a warfare going on in the heavens. Uh, that's the time when you don't quit. You don't quit. Uh, don't be counted as a dropout. Uh, hunker down. Press in. Persevere. Let your prayers prevail. Those are expectation prayers because you know that somehow, some way, God is going to answer your prayer. That's what it's all about. Amen. That's what a mommy did for 18 years. Did you hear about it in the news? 18 years ago, a woman masqueraded as a nurse. Was it in Jacksonville, Florida? And stole a brand newborn baby. Born that day. Baby girl. 18 years lost. 
But what you haven't heard that has been reported that I'm sure most of you don't realize or know. For 18 years, that mommy, the biological mommy, never stopped praying, never stopped believing, never stopped expecting. Her expectation prayers were so strong that every, every year on the birthday of her daughter, she made a birthday cake. Yeah, at the third birthday, three candles. At the fifth birthday, five candles. Age 15, 15 candles. Age 18, 18 candles. And that was the year the breakthrough came. Hallelujah. And the prayers were answered. And this 18-year-old girl is being united with her biological parents. The power of persevering prayer. Persevering prayers are prevailing prayers. They exercise tenacious bulldog faith that hunkers down on the promises and the person of God and declares, I will not let thee go until you bless me. Listen, when the enemy goes on the attack and invades your life, invades your joy and your happiness, your health and wealth, take your stand and declare, I won't let go of God or his promises. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to shut up. I won't be a quitter or a dropout. I've got peace in the storm. I'm going to keep on keeping on for the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Glory to God. I'm pressing through. There it is. There it is. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, our next dynamic. Verse 6, Jehoshaphat goes to prayer before the people of God. How would you lead the people in prayer? How would you pray if you had death staring you in the face. Hear how Jehoshaphat prayed. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. We do not know what to do. If I had a nickel for every time I've been in that situation... But that's why this verse has been of such comfort to your pastor. When I haven't known what to do. Have you been there? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We expect you, God, to show up and do the miraculous. So, how did Jehoshaphat, how do you see him beginning his prayer? How do you see him beginning his prayer? Do you hear him saying, Oh, <laughs> we're going to die. We're going to die. Is that how you see Jehoshaphat starting his prayer? That's how some of you pray. Not with Jehoshaphat. Prayers of expectation. Write it down. Uh, rather than being problem-centered, put the slide up, please. Rather than being problem-focused, uh, are God-focused. They're God-focused. They're God-focused. Notice Jehoshaphat right away goes to the sovereignty of God, the love of God, the power of God. He focuses on the person and the promises of God. He was God-centered. I love looking through my telescope, especially in the wintertime. There is such clarity that you have in the atmosphere in the wintertime. Uh, up at our cottage where there's far less light pollution. I, I really enjoy looking at the planets, the stars. Uh, I, I love looking at the craters uh, of the moon. Sometime ask me, and I'll show you pictures on my phone, uh, of what's inside the craters of the moon. I mean, it, it's, it's unreal. My brother... He wanted to experience it as well. And he says, uh, Phil, can I use your, your telescope and, and uh, try it out? And I said, sure. He says, everything looks so small, I can't see anything. I said, Jeff, you're looking at the wrong end. You're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. <laughs> the wrong end of the telescope is what many do in prayer. Faith and fear are two spiritual magnifiers. Let there be no doubt on this. 
Fear, on one hand, will magnify your problems and magnify your impossibilities and diminish the power and the person of your God. Faith, on the other hand, will enlarge uh, your vision, your revelation of who your God is and what he can do. Real praise, real thanksgiving, enlarges and magnifies your Lord. That's why King David, the psalmist, said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Praise his name together. Praise brings a fresh revelation of who our God is. We always have a choice, you see, in this matter. You can focus on unpaid bills, or you can focus on Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides. You can focus on your, your sicknesses uh, and your diseases, or you can focus on Jehovah Rophe, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. You can focus on your disappointments, or you can focus on the Prince of Peace. You can focus on worries. You can focus on fear the storms of life or focus on him who walks upon the waters who rules the waves and speaks peace be still to your storm hallelujah there it is as we focus our praise on him our faith level rises and our expectation of our God rises. We put on the garment of praise for the spirit of depression and discouragement. And we watch the victory come. Amen. Look at what he prays next. We learn a lot on how to grow in prayer by the prayers of the heroes of the faith. Look what Jehoshaphat does next. This is vital. This is strategic. Verse 9. He is quoting the Word of God here. He's quoting Moses. What Moses wrote as a promise of God. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress. And you will hear us and you will save us. What is Jehoshaphat doing? He's standing on the promises of God. He's confessing the promises of God in prayer. He's proclaiming the promises of God in his prayer. Write it down. Real prayers of expectation. Pray God's promises from his word. How many promises in the Bible? One Christian is enumerated 3,000. Another one, 7,000. All I know is that there's a lot of promises in God's Word for you and I. Amen? Do you know the promises? Do you know them? Have you memorized them? Do you declare them and confess them in prayer? This is why we have Bible classes at Lakeside. This is why we urge you to come on Wednesday nights and be a part of a Bible study class, a ministry on Wednesday nights. Many of you have never seen on a Wednesday night. It is so important to be not just under preaching, but to be under teaching and know the Word of God so that in prayer you can say, Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> you can confess it and you can possess it. You can name it and and claim it. Listen, where that comes awry, you cannot claim anything for your life in God that is not written in this book. But if it's written in this book, if God has given you a promise, then you can declare it. <laughs> you can pray it. <laughs> you can release it in the name of Jesus. It's yours. Amen. You see, God's word and his will are synonymous. To pray for anything not promised in God's word is a waste of your time and God's time. But when we pray his word, when we pray his promises, we're right on target with God's will for our lives. Praying with expectation means confessing the promises of God. Why? Because God is forgetful of his promises? Is it because he's forgetful? No, it's so you can be faith-filled. Faith-filled and faithful. But in order to pray his promises, you've got to know his word. You've got to know his word. And when you confess, what should you confess? Don't confess what others 
are saying about you. Don't confess what your past or your sins say about you. Please don't confess what Satan says about you. You need to confess what God says about you. What does he say about you? He says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's special people that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, declare that in prayer because we are who God says we are. Uh, we're, we're a child of God. We're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We're seated in heavenly places with him. We're a servant of the most high God. The royal blood of heaven flows in our veins. We're king's kids. Amen. Somebody help me preach here this morning. Somebody help me. Amen. Amen. There it is. We can also confess what God says we have. We can also confess what God says we have. We, what do we have? We have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We have a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. We have his love. My Bible says that nothing will separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We have health. We have healing. For he has declared himself, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And by his stripes we are healed. We have provision. For my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. We have victory. If God be for us, who can can be against us. Hallelujah! 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 Give him a shout of praise, a shout of glory. Amen! Amen! Best of all, best of all, best of all, we have Jesus. For nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He will never leave us or forsake us. Lo, he is with us always, even to the end of the age. But there's more. I said there's more. There's more that you and I can confess in prayer. Uh, we can confess what God says we can do. He says that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. He says, speak to your mountain and it shall be moved. He says, all things are possible to them that believe. We are who God says we are. We have what God says we have. And we can do what God says we can do. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What happened after Jehoshaphat prayed? What happened after Jehoshaphat prayed? Notice it did not interrupt his prayer. Notice that it was in decency and in order. It did not interrupt the preaching. It didn't interrupt the praise and worship. It came after, immediately after, Jehoshaphat said, Amen. What happened? Read with me in Chronicles 20, verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, it is God's. Tomorrow go down against them. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! By the way, if somehow you got detoured or confused, uh, uh, this is not a Baptist church. God bless the Baptists. Great Bible teachers. Amen. This is not a Presbyterian church. They're great in Christian education and administration. This is not the Holy Mother of whatever church. Sometimes people get confused instead of going to the one down the road, they come here. 
This is a Pentecostal Holy Ghost Spirit-filled church. And as long as I'm here, it'll be that kind of a church. Amen. It's a church that cries out, Come, Holy Spirit, we need thee. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come in your might. Come in your power. Come in your own special way. I have a lot of prayers for Lakeside, but my prayer, my greatest prayer for this church uh, are not the finances, though I have to talk about it. Not the building program, though I have to talk about it. It's not the numbers. It's not the productions. It's not the programs, because it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Say it, the Lord. Come, sweet spirit. Fill us, refresh us, anoint us, do a new thing this year. It's expectation 2017. Come, sweet Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Are you desirous for more of God? Are you desirous for more of His Holy Spirit? When His Spirit comes, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit spoke through that prophetic word, all the people fell down on their faces and worshiped the Lord. But the Levites, the priests, start jumping up and down and clapping and shouting. Amen. They were a Pentecostal group. Write it down. Prayers of expectation are empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're empowered by the Holy Spirit. But, but, Pastor, what about the invasion? What about the attack? Listen, God wants to bring about a change in your character before he brings a change in your circumstances. That's a word for some of you. Some of you are wondering, why haven't I been delivered yet, healed yet? Why haven't I gotten out of the boiling water yet? The first thing that we want when we run into invasion, we run into problems when we're under attack, we want release. <laughs> but many times the reason God delays is He's trying to bring about a change in you before your circumstances, a change in your character before the vicissitudes of life that are surrounding you. Hear me in this. Our helper, our holy helper in the prayer of expectation is not going to cemetery, I mean seminary. It's not a theological degree. If you want to have precise prayers that target the will of God with bullseye accuracy, pray in the Spirit. Pray with the help of the Spirit. Pray in the language of the Spirit. Why, why has the devil attacked the doctrine, the teaching of speaking in other tongues? Why has he attacked that more than any other truth, any other teaching, even though it's throughout the New Testament, even though Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Even though you and I believe that the healings and the miracles of 2,000 years ago can be the same today, some preach and teach that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was just for yesterday. I'm here to tell you the Bible teaches it's for today. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. The Holy Helper, the Holy Helper, the Holy Helper has come to help you pray to pray with power, to pray with effectiveness, to touch the very throne of God, yea, the heart of God. Because you're going to pray with the help of the Spirit, and you're going to pray in whose language? Italian? German? Polish? Russian? What language? Swahili? What language are you going to speak in? You're going to speak in God's language. Why do we think it's so strange? Why do you think, why do you think it's so strange? Don't think it's strange. You're speaking in God's language. It's a language that the old enemy cannot, cannot decipher because it's encrypted. It's precise. It hits the bullseye every time. If you think that I'm teaching or preaching amiss here, look what Paul taught us in Romans 8. Paul taught us in Romans 8. Turn there, please, in the slides. Catch up with me. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. How many times do you get down on your knees to pray and you just draw a blank? 
That's why you need the Holy Helper. But the Spirit Himself intercedes or prays for us through what? Through what? Through what? Wordless groans, the language of God. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. He knows what you need more than you know about yourself in accordance with the will of God. May God bless the instruction of His Word. This is praying that invades the impossible. The impossible lakesiders be filled with the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And that might be a word for some of you here this morning. The battle that you're facing right now is not yours. Who is the author of sin? Who is the author of sickness? Who is the author of marital problems? Who is the author of every negative thing that happens in life? There's a warfare that's going on. But I declare to you upon the authority of God's Word, the battle is not yours. Never has been. It's God's. It's God's. Let go of it. Let go of it. Give it over to God. Your part. Trust Him. Praise Him. Expect your God to act. Hallelujah. There it is. Second Chronicles 20.20. The next day, Jehoshaphat assembles his troops. The next day, because God has said the battle is not yours, it's mine. Jehoshaphat says to his army, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall have success. Believe his prophets, and everything will be all right. Honey, sir, ma'am, if you don't see expectation there, boy, you got to be blind. Uh, you see, write it down to pray prayers of expectation. You must pray with complete God confidence to receive answers from God. This is not just Old Testament, it's New Testament. James the Apostle said this, but ask in faith, pray in faith, uh, not doubting anything. For he that doubts is like the wave of the sea, which is driven of the wind and is tossed from one side to another. You know any people like that? They're not people of prayer. They can't expect to receive anything from God. But pastor, my faith... Pastor, my faith is so teeny tiny. It's so weak. How can I expect anything from God? My faith is so teeny tiny. What did Jesus say about teeny tiny faith? I said, what did Jesus say about teeny tiny faith? It's never been about the size of your faith, but the size of your God. <laughs> Jesus said all you need is faith the size of a teeny tiny mustard seed. And you can move mountains in the name of Jesus. Listen, everybody's got faith. Faith is no big deal. Exercising faith is no big deal deal whatsoever. Both saints and sinners exercise faith. Let me prove my point. Before you get home today, you're going to get in a box on wheels. You're going to go out here on Shaner Road. You're going to go out on Shaner Road where the speed limit is uh, 50 miles an hour, but everybody's doing 75. Okay? I know every crack in that road. <laughs> And you're going to drive through a, a green light. And when you come to that green light, you're going to what? No, you're going to stop. And you're going to crawl at one mile an hour. Because you don't know those people. Perpendicular to you on the intersection. They're complete strangers. They might not stop. They might be drunk. They might be drug addicted. They might be insane. They might T-bone you and kill you. And so you're going to stop at every green light. There's not a one of you, saint or sinner, that are going to stop at green light. You're going to go through at 65 miles an hour. And look over your shoulder. <laughs> huh? You're going to exercise faith in people you don't even know. You're going to go to brunch. You're going to go to lunch. And when that food comes to your table, when that's, that waitress gives you your, your lunch, uh, you're going to, oh, wait a minute here. 
Uh, I, I want to send it out to a laboratory first and have it checked out. You know, I, I don't know the guy or the gal that, that cooked this or bought this. You know, I want to make sure it's safe. No, you're going to exercise faith. You're going to exercise faith. Pray for Becky and I. This weekend we're uh, flying down to Dallas to do a marriage retreat uh, for a church right, right by J.D. Uh, T. What is his name? Jake's or whatever. Yeah, size of Lakeside Mall. Yeah. Yeah, pray for us. We're getting on a plane. And when I get on that plane... Uh, and, and we get ready to take off, and we say, stop! Will you send that pilot back here? I want to interview him. I want to see his credentials. I want to see her resume. I want to see if she is qualified to pilot this plane. Is that what I'm... Did you do that last time you flew? No, you exercise faith. You exercise faith. Faith is no big deal. We exercise it all the time. It is not the size of your faith. It is the size of your God. It's the object of your faith. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 12, have faith in God. That's what makes the difference. That's what makes the connection. God confidence. Jesus taught that prayers of expectation. When you put your faith in God, consists of believing that you're already receiving. Oh, don't take my word for it. Listen to Jesus. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received. That is in the aorist past tense in the Greek verb there. Let me throw a little seminary on you. That's in the Greek aorist. It's an action that has already taken place. You're to have an attitude that the victory's already won. My body's already healed. God has already paid my bills. God has already made a way for me. Glory to God. How would you act right now if your greatest prayer desire would be answered? How would you act right now if your greatest prayer request would be answered? That's how Jesus wants you to act. He wants you to press into thanksgiving. He wants you to praise Him for the victory, thank Him for the victory before you even fight the battle. You see that there. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. If you get this way, Jesus guarantees you power in prayer. Lastly, 2 Chronicles 20, after consultation with the leaders of the people, Jehoshaphat determined that there should be a choir leading the march. Say what? Man, if I was the general, if I was the king, I'd have James Turner and the ushers leading the I'd have John Rademacher and the security team leading the march. Not Don Woggy and this choir up here. No way. Not the praise team. There's a powerful principle here. And Jehoshaphat knew it and had realized it. He determined that there should be a choir leading the march, clothed in sanctified garments and singing the song, His loving kindness is forever. As they walked along praising and thanking the Lord and at the moment they began to sing and to praise. You need to highlight that, underscore that, circle that in your Bible. That is a key, pivotal, spiritual principle in the Word of God for you this morning. At the moment they began to praise and thank the Lord. Uh, hallelujah! God caused the armies of those invading armies to begin in fighting among themselves and they destroyed each other. They self-destructed. Uh, King Jehoshaphat and his people not only won the victory, they won the wealth and the prosperity of God. <laughs> they came away loaded with money, garments, and jewels. So much it took them three days to cart it all away. Don't tell me that my God can't do abundantly and exceedingly more, more, more than we can imagine, ask, or think. On the fourth day they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, as it is called today, and how they praised the Lord. Do you see that there? 
Write it down with me. Demonstrate your expectation in prayer by saturating your prayers. Not with pleading. Not with begging. But with praise. And watch the victory come. Do you see that there? Let me reveal the principle for you this morning. A man went to a garage sale. I love going to garage sales. How about you? Amen. Amen. And there he saw a, a, an old tarnished brass lamp. And he thought, boy, that would look really cool on my desk in my den at home. Brought it home, rubbed it, polished it. You know what happened next. Poof. A genie appeared. The genie said, I'm here to grant you your fondest wish, sir. The man thought and thought, and he said, you know, I've never been to Hawaii. I'd love to go to Hawaii, but I'm afraid of flying. I'm afraid of planes. So, genie, I want you to construct a highway from L.A. to Honolulu. From L.A. to Honolulu. The genie looked at him and said, are you crazy? Do you know the amount of concrete, the gravel, the sand? Do you know the logistics, the steel? Do you understand the enormity of this request that you're asking? It's impossible. man said, okay, then grant me this wish. Show me how to understand women. The genie said, did you want that to be a two-lane or a four-lane highway? Two-lane or a four-lane highway. <laughs> how many of us, how many of us, how many of us, we turn God into a genie in an Aladdin's lamp. And when we go to prayer, it's a shopping list. And we tell God what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and why He should do it. And we dictate to God. Hear me, Lakeside family. Your God and my God is not your bellboy. He's not your servant. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Lord thy God who's almighty. He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent Lord. He gives the orders. He's not sitting up in heaven saying, oh, let's make a deal. He said, this is the deal. I'm your sovereign God. Honor me as such. Sometimes, sometimes, not every time, sometimes our prayers can tend to dictate to God. Sometimes our prayers can tend to order God around and tell God what we want Him to do. What is so powerful about praise and worship, if you will spend more time praising than pleading, more time worshiping than even praying. Watch what God can do. Praise releases God to do what He knows is best for your life and your circumstances. Praise never dictates to God. It releases the sovereign power of God to be poured into your situation. Let me tell you another problem many times about our prayer times that are contrary to expectation. Sometimes our prayer times can be characterized like this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's hopeless. It's impossible. I'm, I'm so afraid. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh, God, can't you help me? Sometimes there's so much complaining and so much begging in our prayers that they can be characterized as an anxious mouthing of unbelief. And you, if you spend, think of it, you spend a half an hour praying like I just exemplified for you, you'll come off your knees more scared to death than you ever were before you started praying. You hear me in this? There it is. Praise. 
Worship, uh, exaltation, hallelujah, engages in breakthrough prayings, powerful prayers which believe and receive the miraculous. I'm talking about expectation, praying. Then you'll praise God at the beginning of your prayers, uh, magnifying our God who has never lost a battle. He knows no retreat nor defeat. If you permeate your prayers with praise, you will praise the Lord at the middle of your prayer time. For the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. You'll praise Him at the end of your prayer time, thanking Him for the victory, believing as though you're already receiving. It's a done deal. The battle is already won. And He's on the throne. And everything will be all right. So let's praise God. Write it down with thanksgiving for the victory before the battle is even one. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me this morning? Quietly, reverently. We're about, in the next few moments, we're about ready to transact kingdom business through praise and worship. We're going to take our holy stand before our God who knows no retreat. He knows no defeat. Our God who will not and cannot fail. Hallelujah. And we're going to give Him all the honor, the praise, and the glory. We're going to give Him our battles, but we're going to recognize the battle is <laughs> not ours. It is the Lord's. And since it's the Lord's, there's only victory. And so we're going to praise Him. We're going to honor Him. We're going to glorify Him because praise will take your focus off the problem onto the problem solver. I said praise will dispatch the holy angels of heaven to encamp round about you and to go before you. Praise will cause you to see what the angels see and sing what the angels sing. Praise will paralyze, immobilize, and demoralize the enemy and give him a Malox moment. He's allergic to praise. Let everything that hath breath, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord this morning. Are you ready to praise Him? Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you got any mountains you just can't tunnel through? God, our God, specializes he specializes in things thought impossible. And he can do uh, what no other power can possibly do. If you've got a mountain before you this morning, if you're confronted with invasion, if you're under the attack of the enemy, you need to know that you know that you know that God is in the house. Uh, God is in the house right now. Faith level is rising. <laughs> I can sense it. Uh, I can feel it. Uh, this is the hour of power right now this morning. How many, how many are here this morning saying, <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, I'm facing, I'm facing an uncrossable river. I'm facing a mountain. I'm facing a difficulty. I need a miracle. I need an answer to prayer. How many of you this morning, would you lift up your hands? If you don't need an answer to prayer, if you don't need a miracle, if you don't need a healing, don't lift up your hands. But if you do, lift it up high. If you believe, then you'll receive. Amen. Join me down here right now, if you would. Join me down here right now. Amen. As Cindy sings. Amen. Praise the Lord.